Welcome to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the podcast. I'm Jenny Catron, your host, founder and CEO of the Foresight Group. And I am thrilled that you are here. I can't believe it is the first week of December when this episode is airing. And uh, it has been a crazy year. I've reflected a little bit on that in last week's post as we were just processing Thanksgiving here in the U.S. And uh, just recognizing how much I am hungry for some time to think, to process, to reflect. And I hope you were able to do that if you had some time off this past week. And as we move into December, I thought what would be great is to reflect on some of the greatest posts of this past year, the greatest podcast episodes of this past year on the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast. You know, sometimes we get so much great content and information, and then we move on to the next episode and, you know, it's just like constant consumption. And even as I was going back and looking at some of our top episodes from this year, I was like, oh my gosh, that was such good information. I needed to hear it again. And I suspected, you know what? I think we all need to hear it again. So we have taken some of our highest ranked podcasts from this past year and are going to be sharing those throughout the month of December. So I hope that you know some of them you may have missed, and that'll be great. Some of you are newer listeners to the podcast, so this will catch you up a little bit. I'm going to do new intros, so I'll kind of give some additional thought on the episodes. But sometimes I think we just need to hear things more than once because we didn't get to apply what we heard or, you know, we just moved on to the next thing. And sometimes coming back and just revisiting really good content is super helpful. So in today's post, we are going back to an episode about culture. One of the key topics that we focus on here at the Foresight Group is both leadership and culture. And in this episode, this was episode 115, I talk about the must-haves for extraordinary culture and just really helping us process the statistics that say that this great resignation is happening, that many in the workforce are contemplating leaving their jobs, and we're all feeling it. We're all seeing this war on talent and this need to really keep employees engaged And so what can we do as a leader to ensure we're providing the five things that your employees need in order to thrive? So that's what this podcast or this episode is about. And honestly, we recorded it back in the summer and I gave you these five things. But I think now as we've even moved into the fall, the competition to keep talent engaged and keep employees engaged is becoming increasingly more complex. I think as you re-listen to this episode, I think it will trigger some new ideas and help you prepare for, as you move into 2022, what are the fundamental things that you need to do to create a thriving and healthy culture? So I hope you enjoy re-listening to this episode on the five must-haves for extraordinary culture. Today, I want to talk about all things culture. And specifically, I had the privilege of writing a post for my friend Carrie Newhoff's blog. And I shared in that post five ways to combat the great resignation and build a thriving team. And so I want to share that with you today because as the pandemic recedes, a new issue is emerging for leaders. 
In fact, economists are calling it the great resignation. Studies are showing that at least 40% of workers are contemplating quitting their jobs. And that, by the way, is one of the more conservative stats. There are a number of different studies and surveys out there on this stat that at least 40% of workers are contemplating quitting their jobs. After a year of reevaluating and readjusting, we're collectively entering what psychologists say is the sixth stage of grief. And so we have all had tremendous loss this year to varying degrees, of course, but there's just been a global sense of loss because of all that has happened because of the pandemic. And so we are going through those different stages of grief and psychologists are saying we're entering the sixth stage, which is a pursuit of meaning and purpose. And this pursuit of meaning and purpose is the very thing I think that's causing many people to consider or reconsider what do they actually want to do. We've all done it to some degree, right? Our schedules were readjusted. We've kind of redefined what our priorities are, where we want to spend our time, including where we want to spend our time at work. So the dynamic that's happening is creating a unique opportunity for leaders to build cultures in which purpose is clear and team members can find meaning in their contribution. That's the opportunity for us. It's like the stat kind of reveals a problem it creates an opportunity for us as leaders to say, okay, what can we do? So as leaders who are shaping the culture of our teams, it's really our responsibility to bring clarity to who we are and how we work together to achieve our mission. And let's just for clarity's sake, say that if you lead a team of volunteers, if you lead a ministry or a department, if you're the lead pastor or the CEO, there is a culture that you are shaping and forming. That span of control you have is the culture that you get to influence. And so whether it's two people or 2,000, you have the opportunity, the privilege, and the responsibility to be intentional in creating a culture that great people are clamoring to be a part of and want to remain a part of. See, the entire point of culture is really the stewardship of people in pursuit of our shared mission. And that's your responsibility as a leader. See, culture isn't fluffy stuff or nice two perks that you get to do if you have time. It's the very linchpin that ties your purpose and strategy together. You can't achieve your purpose without a team of people to make it happen. Arguably, I think the greatest challenge ahead of us post-pandemic has less to do with adjusting our strategies and more to do with how we retain our team members. Let me read you that again, because I really believe this, that arguably the greatest challenge ahead of us post-pandemic has less to do with adjusting our strategies, which we've had to do, but it has more to do with how we retain our team. So let me take you back to your freshman year psychology 101 class. Y'all remember this? You may remember learning about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is a motivational theory in psychology comprising a five-tier model of human needs, and it's often depicted as hierarchical levels within a pyramid, so it's kind of this pyramid structure. And from the bottom of the hierarchy upwards, the needs are physiological, things like food and clothing, safety, love and belonging, esteem, and self-actualization. And Maslow's belief was that needs lower down in the hierarchy must be satisfied before individuals can attend to needs higher up. So you can't 
builds esteem. You can't have love and belonging unless like your basic needs, like those physiological basic needs of food and clothing are met. So that was the whole theory. So similar to Maslow's hierarchy, I think there's a hierarchy of employee needs that impact the culture of your team. So I'd say, let's call it the culture hierarchy of needs. So like Maslow's hierarchy, there are five needs that impact a team member's ability to grow with your organization and positively contribute to the health of your culture. And in the coming great resignation that we're hearing about, attending to these needs may be our best effort to retain great staff. So I've outlined the problem, this great resignation, 40% plus of people are considering leaving their job. And so the opportunity for us as leaders is to do our best to create cultures that have meaning and sense of purpose. And so I want to give you these five needs that I think build this culture hierarchy of needs. And I think this is going to give you a really practical way to look at the culture of your organization and say, hey, are we attending to the needs of our team so that we're creating a culture that great people want to be a part of and hopefully won't leave because we have created a culture that connects with them and helps them see their place. So let's look at these five needs. The first one is just tools for the job. So like, remember in Maslow's hierarchy, it was like food and shelter. Well, in a culture hierarchy, it's like, do I have the the basic tools I need to do my job? So this is about making sure team members have the basic tools they need to do their job. Are you equipping your team with what they need to do their job in today's environment? So historically, this would have meant equipping them with computers that work, adequate space, and time to do their work, and appropriate compensation. In today's climate, this may also mean accommodations for working from home. And I would also put in this bucket your clarity on your work-from-home policy, because everybody's asking that question. In fact, some of the statistics and why people are considering leaving their jobs is because their job is not allowing for flexibility. And after they've tasted flexibility, they have expectations for flexibility. So part of this baseline hierarchy, the tools for the job is even just clarity of what's expected, right? When team members are distracted because they don't have appropriate tools to do their work, it becomes difficult for them to contribute at a higher level. When our basic needs aren't met, we're fighting for survival rather than focusing on achieving the mission. So another piece of this is, you know, do we have accommodations for working from home, flexibility in our schedules, et cetera? Because in order to juggle all of my responsibilities, I might need that flexibility. And if I'm focused on just trying to survive and juggle all the things, then I'm not able to contribute at a higher level as an employee. Now, I know that what you might be thinking is, we don't have the budget for all the latest gadgets that my team members want or to give them everything they want. And I get that. I'm not talking about extravagance or unrealistic expectations. But what's important is that we truly understand what our team members need and are consciously ensuring that we're not unintentionally frustrating and inhibiting them from doing their best work? Do they just have the basic things they need to be able to do their job well? And one place where I see this probably the most problematic is in something as simple as in poor onboarding for new staff. It might not even be that we don't have the appropriate tools. It might be that we don't do a good job of intentionally equipping our staff, especially new staff, just helping them understand what they have, what they need, what they can and cannot do. You can make sure that staff members have their basic needs met by ensuring that they're adequately equipped and trained when they begin. That simple thing can help you kind of satisfy that first need on the culture hierarchy. 
The second need is organizational clarity. And organizational clarity means that I understand what is expected of me. I have clarity of my place in the organization and my role and my responsibilities are clear. Clarity, 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 clarity. That I know what's expected of me if I'm an employee. I I understand the job. I understand the responsibilities. I understand the expectations. I know my place. So I understand where I sit in the organizational structure. I understand my role and my responsibilities. I have clarity on these things. Guys, this is a game changer. And it always feels clearer to those of us in leadership than it is to the staff throughout the organization. So you have to fight for that clarity. And this stage of the hierarchy answers the questions of who are we and how do we behave in order to achieve our mission? Who are we and how do we behave in order to achieve our mission? When leaders provide organizational clarity, team members are secure in their role and their place on the team. So as leaders, we need to provide clarity for things like shared purpose and goals. Do we know where we're going and do we know what the target is? We're, we also provide clarity at organizational structure. How are we structured and what's our relationship to one another? We provide clarity for defined roles and responsibilities that I understand my role, I understand my responsibilities. And finally, we provide clarity for values and behaviors that define success for the team. What are the values and behaviors that define how we work together? And I cannot overemphasize the power of this stage. It really is the crux of culture. When we do culture workshops with teams, we spend a lot of time here because the simplicity of the clarity around these things can be a game changer in organizational culture. And I said this already, but here's the challenge. If you're the leader, this stuff feels clear to you. So we undervalue it and we underestimate its impact because it's just not a perceived need of ours. We're at the top of the organization. It feels clear to us. So culture feels clearest at the top, but I promise you that your culture is not as strong as you think it is. And so evaluating these five needs is going to be super important to you making sure that you're building a culture that helps you retain your team. So clarity at this stage will be the game changer in building a culture that is aligned and working effectively to achieve mission. Now, the third need is psychological safety. You might have heard a lot about this term is coming up a lot right now in organizational leadership, but psychological safety is about employees feeling emotionally secure when they are at work. Organizational psychologist Adam Grant explains it this way. He says, psychological safety is not a matter of relaxing standards, making people feel comfortable, being nice and agreeable, or giving unconditional praise. It's fostering a climate of respect, trust, and openness in which people can raise concerns and suggestions without fear of reprisal. So this need, it builds upon the first two needs in that if I have the tools I need to do my job, I've been provided clarity for what to do and how to do it, I'm prepared to better engage with my team, right? So if I have the tools I need to do my job, I understand what I'm supposed to be doing, then I'm better prepared to engage with my team. So in order to find synergy and alignment, team members need to build trust and respect for one another, be self-aware and others aware, and feel like they can actively bring their best. That's when we're leaning into psychological safety. Now, I've had some people kind of challenge it and say, well, don't you need this first? 
I get it because of course we want a trusting environment. And of course we want respect and openness and that we want that self-awareness and others' awareness all happening. But if I don't have basic needs and I don't really understand what I'm doing, it is hard for me to do this step. So this one, it's easy to argue that it could be first, but I actually think we have to make sure we've attended to those first two needs. And then this one becomes the one that creates a ton of power organizationally, as far as like that strength of culture is when that trust is here. So this need is being met when each team member is actively contributing. At this stage, unity is strong. The organization demonstrates a high commitment to development and growth opportunities. Team members feel valued and trusted. Their voice is respected. We are actively developing leaders and seeing people grow and thrive, right? This is the game changer. We start to get to this need and this level. We are starting to see the team we long for. So need number four, connection. One of our greatest needs as human beings is just belonging. We need to belong somewhere. We're designed for community. We're designed to do life with others. It's the functional definition of the word team, by the way, because the word team means two or more, two or more people working together to achieve a goal. So research tells us that employees don't quit jobs. They quit people. If employees have their basic needs met, stage one, need number one, they have safety and clarity in their work, which is need number two, and they feel comfortable to actively contribute, need number three, they will naturally build connections with their coworkers. So you see, these things build upon each other. And when we're addressing this need of connection, team members want to be together. So we can't force people to connect. We create an environment that enables them to connect. And as leaders, we foster this and protect this need of culture by ensuring that we have organizational rhythms that allow for connection and that we create a culture of mutual commitment and accountability. It's important here that we don't create false harmony or toxic positivity, but that we lean into the principles of healthy relationships where candor, honesty, and integrity drive our interactions with one another. The values we've defined in stage two must be consistently lived out in order for stage four to be realized. So again, they just continue to build on each other until we get to need number five, which is personal fulfillment. Now, this final need is really more of an outcome. You can't force anyone to find personal fulfillment in their work, but you can create an environment that fosters it. And that is our goal as leaders. And you foster it by attending to the first four needs and thereby setting the stage for this one to be achieved as well. So if we've given them the tools for their job, we have provided organizational clarity, we've created a climate where there's psychological safety and trust, we've also fostered connection, personal fulfillment begins to be an outcome. People are finding personal fulfillment back to that, remember that sixth stage of grief where we're looking for purpose and meaning? This is what people begin to experience. When team members are personally fulfilled, they are fully utilizing their gifts with a team that they love, doing work that is fulfilling. The best part of this is that when team members are operating at this level, they're actively reproducing this in others. So they are helping build and lead this culture. They notice other team members at different stages and are personally invested in helping everyone on the team move through the stages. So they are actively helping build the culture. When an organization's 
culture achieves the culture hierarchy of needs, employees are less likely to be among that 40% considering a job change because they've found purpose and meaning in their work. See, extraordinary culture is possible. It's not some abstract thing that you as a leader have no control over. In fact, you have ridiculous control over this. Every great leader longs to have a great team. So understanding these fundamental needs and being purposeful to meet them gives you the clarity you need to achieve the culture you want. So my question for you today is, how are you creating culture with your team? And which need in the hierarchy is the most important one for you to focus on right now? So I'd love for you to think about that, process that. You can go check out kerrynewhoff.com and see the article that was posted uh, just about a week ago and uh, even see some of the, the hierarchy graphs that are there. And as you continue to build an extraordinary team culture, I want to invite you to sign up and join me, Carrie Newhoff, Patrick Lencioni, and more amazing pastors and speakers for Culture Conference on August 12, 2021. It's a free digital conference that provides practical talks from today's top leaders to help ministry leaders build thriving teams, cultivate inspiring workplaces, and transform their communities. So sign up at cultureconference.org. Go do that. Get registered for it. And I really would love to hear from you. How do you feel about this culture hierarchy of needs? Which need is it that you need to give attention to right now to help keep and retain great teams? Because that's going to be the difference maker in the days ahead. So keep leading well, and I will see you back next week. Thank you for listening to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.